guys. We turned out okay. The Modern Parent's Guide to Old School Parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to We Turned Out Okay, where we are always helping you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time you spend with your kids. Today is episode 222, a Just You and Me episode, where we're always thinking about what we can do as parents to have a happy family life. And I'm excited about today's episode because finally it is our money wrap up. We spent a lot of March and some of April talking and thinking about money here on We Turned Out Okay. And I've got five key takeaways for you, five things every parent should know about money and finances. Um, and I, sh- I just want to say too that the what I'm going to do is in the show notes to this episode, if you go to ep- weturnedoutok.com slash 222, numeral 222, <clears throat> you'll find links to all the episodes we've done on money this this spring, this March and April, so that you've got it kind of all in one place for you. And um, this is over, over the time that I've spent kind of learning about kids and money and talking to financial people and really intensively digging into this topic for you, I've learned five important things. And today is the distillation of all that. So five key takeaways for you. Um, starting with number one. So I just, you know, I, I really want to dive into this and get started for you. Uh, the first one is start with a spending plan. So a lot of times spending plan is the same thing as a budget. Um, but a lot of times the word budget is a real turnoff. Um, but I want you to start with a budget or a spending plan, whichever, whichever you, um, whichever you feel more comfortable thinking of it as like, so what I love about humanity, what I love about living is that, um, if I don't like the way something feels, I can reframe it and make it more what, what works for me. So the term budget feels old, stodgy. It's even got a DG in it. So, you know, budget, stodgy, same to me, they, they feel very similar. Um, if I'm going to set up myself a budget, I feel like what I'm going to do is shackle myself into something uncomfortable, um, and prison-like, but having a spending plan is not that at all. A spending plan is, okay, I've got this amount of money. I'm going to spend it on blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And our spending plan that we came up with, I found to be absolutely mind-blowingly awesome. And it wasn't just us who came up with it. It was Steve, Stephen Taylor, our financial um, planner who helped us come up with this. And hopefully by this time, you have heard from Steve on the podcast. I We are doing our best. Our schedules are not coinciding uh, precisely. We've been trying to put it this way. I've been trying to talk to Steve since January. It is um, it is late March as I record this. So we've been trying to talk since early January and we just haven't been able to make it work. But hopefully by this time, when this comes out in April, 
we will have already heard from Steve and Taylor on the podcast. That's that's my goal. That's my hope. In fact, I really hope it was last week <laughs> in our guest episode in April. Um, so anyway, Stephen Taylor helped Ben and I and his his website, by the way, whether you hear from him or not, you're going to want to go check it out. It's uh, coltfinancial.net. And um, maybe he can help you too. I mean, he's been amazing for us. So um, so that's been very cool. It, one of the one of the most important things that Stephen helped us do is to take. We had one checking account, and we took that checking account and split it into two checking accounts: the fixed expense checking account, which basically is our mortgage, um, things that always cost exactly the same every month, subscriptions to um, subscriptions to like. Uh, so our youngest is a drummer and he belongs to a drumming community. It's $30 a month. That is a fixed expense. We know we are going to pay $30 every single month for this drumming community. It goes into the fixed expense uh, account. And what we did was we set it up so that our credit card gets paid like that. uh, The credit card, how can I say this? Oh, I know how I can say it. We set it up so that our, that particular checking account is the one to which the credit card bill is directed. So like when we pay the credit card bill, we pay it out of that account. Um, That's the value of having more than one checking account is you can can set things up so that you can just, you know all that's going to be paid from there. You don't have to think about it. It's just happening like in the background. I love it so much. And then um, that left us so that what we could do is we could could separate out our, um, we have retirement accounts and savings accounts and we have an emergency fund. We were actually able, you know, under Stephen's guidance to move the emergency fund to another bank. So like, we don't even see it now. We don't have to, it is just sitting there being an emergency fund. We were never tempted to use it or anything like that. Really, really super smart uh, tips and ideas um, that are now making our lives a lot better because what's happening is we, our focus can be on the day-to-day spending account. And uh, I probably told that if, if we've spoken with Steven Taylor, I've now told this story, but I, I think it's worth telling again because um, because it's a great, it's a great, first of all, it's a great story. So we implemented this dual checking account thing last December. So Christmas time in our, in our family, you know, we celebrate Christmas and so there's trees and there's gifts and there's... Um, excess spending on food because you're making goodies and, and, um, it's, it's wonderful, but we, we decided to do it all out of what's called the, our day-to-day spending account. So the day-to-day spending account has a fixed amount of money in it that goes in from, from, um, from our, from our income every month. Actually, it goes in every week. It it resets once a week. That is where groceries come from, haircuts, clothes, soccer signups, uh, uh, books, um, anything that's a day-to-day expense, gas, uh, stuff that, stuff that is similar, but not exactly the same every month. That that's where that comes out of. And that, that account is where that money goes into and then where we spend it from. So our Amazon account is now linked, for example, to that, to that account. It's different from our day-to-day, uh, the day-to-day is different from the fixed expenses, and we um, converted to using our bank accounts, like 
debit card or everything comes directly out of the bank account now, the day-to-day bank account, all the day-to-day stuff. And we decided to do this, I don't know why, <laughs> at Christmas time. <clears throat> so not only is it soccer signups and haircuts and food and gas, but it is the Christmas tree, right? It is, um, it is the excess spending on ingredients for making yummy things that we only get once a year. It's the roast, you know, it's the roast beast for dinner. If you, if you read, um, if you read Dr. Seuss's, uh, oh my gosh, the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Um, all that comes from day to day. And we had this moment in early December where we had spent all the money in that account down to about $80. And, we said to the boys, we've got $80 to go grocery shopping this week. $80 is going to get us from Sunday <laughs> to Thursday. Like that's how much money we have to spend. And and um, I just remember my oldest standing, um, we have a wood stove and he was standing in front of the wood stove to, you know, get warm. And it's it's fun because that's like the living room becomes a very sociable place in the wintertime, even in this world of like tablets and computers, because uh, if you want to get warm, you come to the living room. So we all hang out in there. And Max is standing at the mantle and we're like, okay, you know, what, what is your top priority for things you want to eat for the next four days? Because we've got 80 bucks to spend on it. And Max says to us, are we pretending to be poor? <laughs> and um, I kind of laughed a little bit and I, I said, no, I said, I, I know how it could feel that way, but we're not actually poor. Like the cool thing is we've got, what's happening now is we've got money split into different accounts so that we know we're going to be covered for retirement. We know we can afford um, the school that you go to. Uh, We know that we can afford all these things. Um, But we can only do that by living within our means. And what this is doing isn't, isn't helping us be poor. It's helping us live within our means. We have this amount of money to spend on these day-to-day expenses, no more. And um, I just remember feeling like I thought it was such a great question. Are we pretending to be poor? And what it really brought home to me was how how all of their lives and pretty much all of our lives, um, we've been we haven't been framing money in this way. And it was the spending plan that made us frame money in this way. And so now we are a living within our means. We are only spending what comes out of that account, even though some weeks it's we're cutting it pretty close, but we're doing it. We're doing it. And we're a team too. We're also a united team in this, which is very exciting to me. I feel for the first time in 21 years, almost 21 years of marriage, like Ben and I are focused on the same goals. And and the thing that's cool about it is he had always <clears throat> had an understanding of money that I didn't have. So it's really he's always been trying to spend within our means. And and this, the way that we have now structured our spending, this spending plan has made it so that now I get it too. I see what needs to change. I see, you know, that I have $15 left in there and that's not going to be enough for, uh, a, I don't know, a haircut <laughs> or something like that. Um, a book I want, a concert I would like to go see. So, so that's number one. Start with a spending plan. Um, number two is, and this is this is a mindset one. They're all mindset ones, I guess, but this is a this is a really good one. Remove the words "we can't afford it" from your vocabulary. I think this is super duper important because it, if mindset is the thing that creates your reality, and and 
from what I can tell, it really is. Uh, I've been doing, you know, I've been reading things like there's a guy named Sean Acor, by the way, who has an awesome TED talk. I'm going to, I'm going to link to it. You guys have to see it. It's so great. Um, I'm going to link to Sean Acor's TED talk. Um, he is a happiness researcher and he has spent his life, um, helping people understand how they can be happy. And a lot of what it comes down to is removing, changing the frame, removing the negativity from um, the day-to-day sort of like, oh, there it goes again, kind of a thing from your mindset. And uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he, he talks about in one of his books, he talks about how we have, I don't remember, call it a hundred thousand, although I think that's a very low number. I think it's he would say it's more in the millions. But anyway, say that each second our brains process a hundred thousand pieces of stimuli, right? Tiny little things that we could pay attention to, um, but we can only pay attention to like five of those things. So if we have, call it a thousand, a hundred thousand seems crazy, but anyway, so let's call it a thousand, although I think it's more. A thousand pieces of stimuli coming in, our brain has to choose which are the five most important things for me to pay attention to in this second, which is why we tune out noises. It's why we tune out the feeling of our clothes. It's why we, um, we even though we have a really bad headache, we can focus past that if we are driving in the middle of a snowstorm and we've got to get home, right? Um, the moment we remember the headache, we go, oh crap, I have this awful headache it comes back. I mean, you know, it's really, really interesting. Anyway, um, I bring it up because he says in that same book, uh, I think it's called Before Happiness. He says, um, if you've got a thousand things coming at you and you can only pay attention to five of them, well, guess what? You get to pick the five. Like consciously, I can choose which five stimuli I'm going to pay attention to. And Um, when I read that, it really felt very freeing to me. Like I can either choose to look at the, 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 the lack of money to afford a Disney vacation, or I can say I'm choosing to spend my money in this other way. Like you can, you can make it negative if you want. You can be like, oh, I can't afford that car. I can't afford that cable channel. I can't afford that new iPad or whatever. Um, and we, and when we'd say the thing, the really important thing in that I'm bringing it up today is because when we say those things to ourselves, we also say them to our children and we teach them, we either teach them, I can't afford it. And thinking about the lack of things, or we teach them, I'm choosing to spend my money on something else. It is my choice. It's in my control. Um, and that if you, if you say that, it's a very subtle thing. In fact, my my wonderful and loving husband and I, the 20-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, we argue about this a lot because um, we were both trained, you know, growing up to say, to say to ourselves, I can't afford it. And I have, in the last four or five years, actively changed it so that I don't say that anymore. I say, I'm choosing to spend my money on, you know, clothes for the kids. I'm choosing to spend my money on food. <laughs> um and and for Ben, that doesn't work for him. He he uh, he still is in the mindset of I can't afford it. And um, as I said, it's a subtle shift, but it it can make a huge big difference in um, 
in your thinking and, and, and in the way that you teach your kids to think about money as well. And not just money, but abundance, and um, which is a word that is really thrown around uh, uh, these days. But I think in this instance, like, so I went to the grocery store the day before yesterday and I had $80 to spend. And it needed to include a ham for Easter, which those are expensive, and all the things that like we're gonna, um, we're going to be used in the creation of that ham, like so pineapples, pineapple juice, maraschino cherries, whatever. Um, I I splurged on that, and I splurged on um, figs because I want to make a particular kind of cake, an Italian cake that involves figs, and. Um, I still had to get like, so I started with the fruits and veggies because I thought these are the most important things, the fruit and veggies and like the meat that are going to get us through this week outside of, outside of Sunday ham. Um, I, I decided I wanted to get those out of the way first so that I knew how much I still had left to spend. And I actually, I did go slightly over. I ended up spending, I think it was 84, $85. But when I have gone into the store without uh, a plan like this without knowing that I'm choosing to spend this amount of money, I have spent more like, usually it's between $125 and $150. So this taught me that like, uh, I can make better choices. I can choose to spend only this amount of money on this and that's going to free up money in other places. And and as I said, Ben and I are in different kind of mental spaces on this right now. And uh, but I'm, you know, rest assured, I'm still going <laughs> to I'm going to keep working and I'm going to forgive myself if I get impatient with him and I'm going to forgive him if he, you know, is is choosing to to look at the world differently for me. We're different people and that's okay. You know what I mean? So like, I guess I bring all that up because I want to say, I want you to know that like, if you think I am full of BS and you think this is a crazy idea, A, um, I would ask you to set those thoughts aside and give it a try because what I noticed was a tremendous lightness of my mind and my heart and my, my feelings. If I'm saying I can't afford a trip to Disney, Rather than saying I choose to spend, um, I choose to spend m- my vacation money on a camping trip um, that I'm now really, really looking forward to. Um, I, I there's a very there's just a big mindset difference there, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working with my husband. I'm gonna keep working on him because um, I hope that he. I really hope I can change him around to this mindset. It's a much happier mindset, uh, and I also. So if you if you're not feeling it you can of course make your own choice. Like I'm, I'm here to tell you the things that I view as the most important, you know, money takeaways. But if, if you choose to reject them or one of them or, you know, half of them or something like that, that is totally your prerogative, but I hope you won't. I hope you'll give it a try. I think if you do, and if you stick with it for, I don't know, a couple of months, you'll find yourself, in a better frame of mind in terms of money. So, so that's number one, start with a spending plan. Number two, remove the words. We can't afford it from your vocabulary. I've got three more and they are coming up after this break. What's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. I know somebody super famous said that. I think it might have been Einstein, but I'm not 100% sure. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting something different to happen from that. 
If we apply that definition to a parent's everyday struggles, those times when you just want the whining to stop, or when you feel like you can't breathe because of all the parental judginess as your child has yet another public temper tantrum, here's the bad news. If you don't do anything different, the bad stuff continues. In fact, it gets worse. If you're sick of all that bad stuff and you want real change, if you want things to not just get better, but to be good, go to weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC. That is a link to our private coaching community, the Ninja Parenting Community, where I teach parents just like you exactly how to change their children's bad behavior to good behavior. You could be learning right now how to truly enjoy the time you spend with your young child. Go to weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC to join the community. I can't wait to work with you in there. Okay, just to recap the first two key things that you need to know about money. One is start with a spending plan. And two is learn to say we're choosing not to spend our money on blank, on blah, blah, blah. Those are the first two. So here are the next ones. Number three is be smart, not cheap. So something I've learned as a more as a parent than really as anything else um that sometimes it is just incredibly valuable to spend a little more money on something than to end up with a product that's crappy and and doesn't work uh and my case in point i always go to ski stuff because skiing is an expensive sport it is something that um has restored my joy of living (laughs) Um, it's something that I get to share with my kids and my, my extended family. And, um, it's just a life affirming thing. When I am skiing, I am feeling incredibly free. And as a person who spent several years being unable to ski because I couldn't walk or I couldn't walk more than a few steps, um, I really, really appreciate that. And even though skiing is like stupidly expensive, I'm going to find ways to do it because it matters to me. It matters a lot. So so in thinking about being smart, not being cheap, my example is going to be a skiing example. Um, but of course, for you, it could be it could be anything. It could be it could be your child's school. Um, if if your free public school option is terrible, uh, then think if you think being smart, not being cheap um, how can you have your child have a a different, better school experience, even if it means spending a little bit more money, even if it means putting more resources towards that, right? Um, For my skiing example, I, uh, gosh, which way should I go? Should I go equipment? Should I go? I think I'll go equipment. Um, Every year, the kids and I go to this awesome thing that we absolutely love called the Wachusett Mountain Ski Swap. (laughs) And it is where people take their ski equipment and they put it into this ski swap and um, it's it's all done. This is one place where technology is so amazing. It's all done so that you can, you basically decide how much you want to um, get for this particular item. And uh, when we, when buyers arrive at the ski swap, uh, we look at all of the, there's tons of ski boots and kids skis and adult skis and and coats and snow pants and 
um, snowboards. I mean, anything you can think of that has to do with skiing that is expensive. So new skis are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars. Um, and <clears throat> at this place, you can get, we, we, so the example I'm thinking of is one year we went super cheap with our youngest's ski boots. So I think I paid like $12 for his ski boots that year. He was all excited about them. They were bright orange. It was going to be great. They were not a brand I'd ever heard of. Um, I'm not even sure if they were branded at all. I mean, like these were like the building 19 and one fifth. If you ever, you know, had those stores, they're like fire sale kind of stores um, level of ski boot. And we bought them in October and he insisted that they were fine. He, again, loved the color, whatever. We get to January, where it is now ski season, and these like $12 boots were incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly difficult to get on and off. There were days where he was like in tears. I can't ski today because I can't get these boots on. And I was cursing myself because right next to them was a $40 pair of boots that would have been just, you know, that would have that would have been better. And we tried them on. And um, we decided 12 to 40, let's get the $12 ones, right? So we were being cheap, not smart. And then the next year, what we did was we went back with a very different mindset. We did find a pair of like $40 boots and um, he adored them. And I mean, $40 isn't that expensive, but but it's a, it's almost three times as expensive as $12, right? So that's <clears throat> for us in terms of skiing, I did tend towards the kind of cheapskate model and um, I, those boots taught me that like you don't have to do that. Like if you keep searching, you're going to find boots that um, that are reasonably priced, um, but that are not cheap, not going to not fit, not going to break, whatever. Um, so that's number three, be smart, not cheap. <clears throat> and I'm sure you can find many, many ways to apply that to your own life. <laughs> um, number four, Money is about a lot more than just money. And again, this is another mindset one. Um, and I'm getting into it because money is such a, it can be such a, it can be one of those things that is always there, but that we just don't see. And when we turn and look at it square in the face, um, it can actually seem a lot smaller to deal with than we were making it in our minds. So we we do have this mindset in at least certainly in the US that that like money is the root of all evil. Money is scary and bad. Um you don't want to be putting yourself, you know, um you don't want to be saying like my goal is to is to have a lot of money because it may make you seem like a shallow person or whatever. But if you think about it, this is what I've been thinking anyway. Money is also um, the way that a, a philanthropist can can be a philanthropist. You, you can't be a philanthropist if you don't have a lot of money, right? <laughs> you can give on a smaller level and that is very, very important. Of course it is. Uh, but if you if you want to to make a very big difference in the world, one thing that one way that you can do that is you can have a lot of money. And so, I don't, I guess what I want you to do is I, I put number four on this list because I want you to, to think about, try anyway, and think about money differently. If you've got a very negative view of money, if you want to uh, never, ever think about money, if you want to sort of bury uh, the all thoughts of money away 
and just sort of slog through life like without I think at a certain point of wealth you can totally do that you can blithely go through the world without having to worry about how much you spent on electricity and stuff like that but that's not good either because then maybe you're spending too much on electricity and um, contributing to some of the problems that that we collectively have in this world um, if you I guess the way that I have um, seen others think about money and, and certainly at some points in my life, the way that I've thought about it is like, there's nothing I can do about the pall that money puts across everything um, is, is how I might've framed it. But really when I, so I think before the example that I want to use here is before I started an online business, which this is an online business. Um, it definitely cost me some money to, uh, run, you know, to keep the lights on and whatnot. It costs a couple thousand dollars a year. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that some of you are extremely surprised to hear that it only costs a couple thousand dollars a year. <laughs> um, before I started it, I thought, oh, I could never do that. It, you know, it must cost thousands and thousands. You need startup income. Um, how could I ever start a radio show? Like I, I couldn't because it would just cost so much money. Um, but I didn't know exactly how much money. That's my point. Like money is sort of there hanging in the background. Um, but but oftentimes when we turn and look at it square in the face, it can turn out that we, you know, it really, it really only costs a couple thousand dollars a year to run a business, to run this business. And um it, that's that's not anywhere near as much money as I thought. So if your goal, for example, is to spend two months in Germany and you're like, God, I would love to do that, but I'm sure it's so much money I can't possibly do it. Um, maybe, you know, if you if you take the steps of starting to look into it, how much does it cost a family to spend two months in, in Germany? And then if you say like another part of this is, oh, I, I'd have to take a leave of absence from my job. Well, I actually interviewed a woman on this show. Her name is Sabrina Risk a uh, longtime member of the Ninja Parenting community. And she, um, her her husband decided that, that she and her husband decided they wanted to take their young children and go around the world on a round the world tour for, I think it was a year. I think they took a whole year. It was either six months or a year. And I think it was a year. Um, I'm going to link to Sabrina's episode so that you can hear how they did this because they they started out by saying, is this a possibility? can we do this? And um, financially, can we do it? What if, uh, you know, what if my husband, um, you know, oh, he could never take a year off of his job? Well, that's exactly what happened. They allowed him to take a year off of his job. And if they had said, if they'd concluded, oh, we could never afford this, we can't do it, um, they wouldn't have done it. And they had the most incredible time. And uh, Sabrina has a great blog about that. And um, she's even writing books. She's she's now writing children's books that are about the trip. I mean, it's super, super cool. So like, I, I guess what I want you to know with this number four, money is about a lot more than just money because there's so much more. Money is about emotions, right? It's fraught. And um, if we can, like so much else in our lives, if we can look that emotion square in the face, it, we're teaching our kids to do this every day, right? Or at least I hope we are. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Um, naming an emotion 
takes its power away. Like if you don't know what it is, it has a lot of power to frighten you. But once you name it, and once you really look at it critically and clearly and see it, instead of just its gigantic shadow, uh, it can make a huge, huge difference in your life. So that's what that's number four. Money is about a lot more than just money. And it it's on us to make it be just about money, if that makes sense. And then number five, the last one, your child is never too young to start thinking about money. And I mean this in so many ways. You'll probably come up with many ways that I didn't even think about. Your child is never too young to start thinking about if they want something that is valuable to them, well, how can they get it? Can they earn money to get it? Can they empty the dishwasher 25 times to get a game that costs $25? To me, I mean, they'd probably have to empty that dishwasher 100 times if it was me. But, um, you know, that's up for you to decide, right? Um, Playing games with coins, just having manipulatives that are coins out for kids to play with. Um, and, and talking about it with them and understanding the value of it. You obviously do not want pennies or dimes or even quarters, whatever. You don't want them to, around when they're a choking hazard. So when you have a baby and that baby is liable to put stuff in his or her mouth, um, I, I think definitely, you know, hedge your bets and don't give that child a handful of coins. But if you um, have a two-year-old or a, a, a precocious two-year-old that you could um, either trust with or that you can do a game with and then take that money away again so that you know you're not leaving it out in a dangerous place. If you have a three-year-old who is done with all that sort of time of life where they're just putting everything in their mouths, um, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, like if the kids are never too young. And even if they're too young to physically use coins, they're definitely not too young to enter into conversations about what this thing is that I want and how much it costs to get it. And if you could do it in a way of like, well, here's this thing that you want. So let's figure out how you can get it. Um, it you know, it, it'll take a lot of interaction. It takes a lot of kind of communication and a lot of understanding uh, just to get in patience to get kids to the point where they can do that. But um, in my house, what happened was we did start talking about stuff like that really early. We tried to talk about it in an incredibly positive way. Oh, if you really want that iPod touch, how much does it cost? Like, let's figure that out. And how can we get it so that you can get it? And, um, it, you know, it, it, it was chores. It was a salary. It was birthday gifts and Christmas gifts. But um, I think probably seven or eight months after my oldest finally was able to say, because a lot of, for, he was finally able to say, I want an iPod touch because what had been happening was it felt like too big of a thing. He, he was basically before he said it, which was like, say, November, October, November of one year. I think it was it was when he was seven that he identified an iPod touch as something he really, really wanted. Um, he We knew he really, really wanted it. But for the first months of really wanting it, what he basically said was, I can't afford it. It's too big for me. I can't possibly save that amount of money. It's hundreds of dollars. I don't have hundreds of dollars. How could I possibly get it? Right. All those things that we say to ourselves our kid, our son was saying to us about this iPod touch. And what we did was we worked with him and we said, well, first of all, let's find out how much does an iPod touch cost? Are there used ones? Do they ever go on sale? Would we be able to get one for less? And he was so resistant to just that very first step because he was concerned. He, he, he would feel so hopeless that, that this huge big thing was insurmountable for him. And, 
Um, when we started really looking at it, he was like, well, okay, maybe I could do this. Maybe it's the only thing I'll ask for for Christmas is money for an iPod touch. And then the following, uh, and then, so what happened was he did start to accumulate money, both in a jumpstarty kind of way. Some people gave him like, you know, $20 towards your iPod touch. And then he spent from January through to his birthday, putting any money that he had aside for that. So we, by that point we were doing like, we had a, we had a savings plan for him where he would take his cash and put it in, literally put it in an envelope. That was the money that he was saving for his iPod touch. Um, we had a separate envelope for money that like we took a percentage of his savings and that was in a to give envelope so that he could give that money away. Um, somehow like, uh, he could spend it on, I don't know, a, a an Autobahn society, what our other son did was he spent um, his to give money one year on an Audubon Society adoption of a puffin, which was very, very cool. I talked about that recently because money keeps coming up because I keep, I'm doing money on the show right now. Um, and anyway, he started sort of incrementally gaining more and more and more money towards the iPod touch. And when his birthday came around, like everybody was so excited to contribute to the iPod touch. And, and what actually happened was, he, he was able to purchase the iPod Touch right around his birthday. And then we were able to give him things like a case and a cover and I don't know, cool stuff like that. So um, your child is never too young to start thinking about money. And the sooner you help them frame it positively, the better. And that is, those are our five, right? Our five uh, things that you must absolutely know and understand about kids and money. They are, let's just to, re- to recap, they are start with a spending plan. That's number one. Number two is remove the words we can't afford it from your vocabulary and instead say something like we're choosing to spend our money on blank. Um, be smart, not cheap is the third one. Money is about a lot more than just money is the fourth one. And the fifth one is your child is never too young to start thinking about money. There's lots more about kids and money in the ninja parenting community. In fact, one member in particular gave us some genius tips about kids and money. Um, And all you've got to do to have access to them is join the ninja parenting community. That is weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC. Come on and do it. I really want you in there. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Notes for this episode are available at weturnedoutokay.com slash 222, number 222. Also at weturnedoutokay.com, you'll find every single back episode of our podcast and you can sign up for the three secrets of happy parenting class. It's free. I think I just said that. Maybe I didn't. It's free. It's super helpful if you want to be a happy parent. It it takes the everything I've learned in all my years of teaching, parenting, teaching parents, <laughs> being an expert in child development. It takes all of my learning and knowledge and experiences and distills them into three easy secrets, secrets of happy parenting, and you should come and get them. It's weturnedoutokay.com slash secrets. All these links are in the show notes. So you just have to go to weturnedoutokay.com slash 222. We are also on Facebook where you can join the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group. And again, just click the link in the show notes or go to weturnedoutokay.com slash 222. I feel like I, <laughs> I have so many announcements at the end of a podcast and I just sort of try to speed through them all. But anyway, those are, those are, all of that cool stuff is available at weturnedoutokay.com slash 222. 
And finally today, I have a special thanks for our producer, the man whose approach to money is so very different from mine, and that is a really good thing. The 20-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. Theater, 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 theater,